Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about lockdowns. What does it mean for your strategy or property purchases right now? So at the time of recording, we are back in level four lockdown. I'm up here in Auckland. Andrew, you're down in Christchurch. And it basically means the whole of the country is granted to a halt. But I specifically want to, in today's episode, talk about, well, what does it mean for real estate? So what does it mean if I'm buying a house right now? Or if I've got a house under contract and I'm going through due diligence, what if I'm selling my house right now? So we're going to go through what you can and can't do. Can your tenants move out right now? Can you get new tenants to move into your investment property so you can start collecting some rent on that property? We're going to cover all of that today. Ballpark, Andrew, I always love to ask this. Give us a prediction. How long do you think we're going to be in lockdown for? What are you preparing for? This is just for fun. I like that you give me the predictions where you kind of got no no way of actually gauging it, and that way you'll be able to use it again. Remember that time you said that you know it was going to be a storm in a teacup, for example? You, you'll play it again at my 21st. Look, I think that on the assumption... You mean Lawrence 21st. Not, <laughs> on the assumption that you've got no South Island cases still by Friday, which uh, while we've been in recording, they've announced that the whole country is in lockdown until at least Friday, then my guess is that you're probably going to see the... South Island dropped to a level two after that, and Auckland, Wellington, and Coromandel, you're probably going to see that being a three, four-week process at least. I think you're probably right. We're going to be, certainly us Aucklanders, I think we're in it for at least a month, which I actually don't mind because I know this is terrible and a lot of businesses are affected by it, but it means that I've got every excuse to stay at home with my spreadsheets. And also when I go to the supermarket, not to clown around too much after yesterday's review, but when I go to the supermarket, I've got an excuse to try and stay away from everybody and have the aisle to myself. I love it. Now, let's talk about what you can and can't do, Andrew. Talk to us about, say, moving into a house. Okay, so moving into a house, you can't do that at the moment because you're only able to travel for essential services. So you, you can go to the supermarket, you can go to see your doctor or go, go and see uh, you know medical stuff, but you can't be doing anything that's unnecessary in moving into a house. Unfortunately, that's not deemed an essential uh, requirement, and so you can't go and do that. You can still settle on a house though. So if you've got a property that you've signed up for pre-lockdown and it's come up for settlement, you can still do that. Obviously, there's some stuff that you need to do with your lawyer in terms of forms you need to sign often when you're settling a house. So you can still do that, but one thing to remember is the REA are recommending that you delay settlement until 10 days after level three. And the reason for that is because whilst you can push it through, you can't do pre-settlement inspections at level four. And so that's when you go through, walk through the house, say, yep, it's exactly as we expected, it's exactly as we saw it at the open home, and you can make sure that nothing's been damaged. Obviously, there'd be a whole lot of issues if you know someone ripped out all the channels in a property and, and you settled on it and then you moved in there and all the channels have been ripped out. So it's just one of those things that whilst you can technically still do, you can still have the exchange of money, it's probably not recommended. And actually, the REA also said that while you could do 
a virtual or video pre-settlement inspection, there's a much greater potential to miss things than you would otherwise do. Because what if the person's holding a camera in a different way because they don't want you to see the great stain big stain carpet. on the carpet or whatever it happened to be at that stage. The other thing, let's say that you do settle on a house and the occupants are still in there because remember, they're not allowed to move out during level four. You'd need to come into an arrangement of them potentially paying you some of that rent because they are going to be in your house if you chose to settle, even though, again, the advice is to delay it 10 days after level three. But you've got to come to an agreement for that to happen. You've actually got to have that agreed. Let's talk about open homes. Well, what if I want to sell my property? Can we do open homes? No, you can't because you can't have anybody come to your house. So the alternative is, yes, you could do them virtually, but of course you're gonna to have to be the one holding the camera in that instance, because a real estate agent can't come over to your house. But you could do a virtual open home if people were up for it and willing to do that. But at the same time, you're probably not gonna be able to settle for a long time yet. But let me ask you this, Andrew, what about listing my house? Can I list my house with a real estate agent at this time if I've been sitting at home and I've decided that, hey, it's time to move, I need a bigger place? Yeah, absolutely. So you can still list your property for sale with a real estate agent. You'd probably want to consider very carefully when they're going to make that property live. And by that, I mean, put all the marketing collateral out there, put the ad up on Trade Me, everything like that. Because when you're spending marketing dollars, you want to get the best bang for buck. You don't want it to be listed as a fresh listing on Trade Me in the middle of lockdown while we can't go and do an open home. And the other part to it is that your real estate agent can't come around and appraise your house. So whilst they might still be able to do a lot of stuff via the internet, they might be able to jump on, find the previous sale photographs. And if you haven't changed anything, it might be relatively easy to get an engage from that. They'll be able to get some comparable data, etc. But if you've got unique features with your home that you think, you know, you want to take your real estate agent through or you want to interview real estate agents, it becomes a little bit harder to do that part of it. Just one thing about that marketing spend, remember you pay those up front generally speaking and they're coming out of your pocket or even if the real estate firm is covering those, you're probably obligated to pay those and if you've got say a deadline sale or something like that or you've got an auction coming up, again you're probably not getting the best bang for buck right now and you might just need to face the facts that you might have to pay those marketing dollars again. So if we come out of lockdown, say Auckland comes out of lockdown in six weeks time and you've had six weeks of not having to be able to show that property and and those ads have gone stale you probably want to get that marketing back up again and you know if, if it's two thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things it doesn't make a big difference in terms of a negative you want to actually have that property in front of as many people as possible just so i've got this clear andrew what you're suggesting is that if i've got a property and the deadline sale date is tomorrow or let's say the open home was meant to be tomorrow i've spent a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars promoting that if I then shift the open home, I'm going to have to pay those marketing dollars again to promote the next open home, which I suppose makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. The next thing I want to talk about is can you sign a contract? You absolutely can sign a contract right now. And in fact, quite a few of the investors we're working with here at Opus Partners are still signing contracts for properties. But what I would ask you to consider is a longer due diligence period. And we were actually talking about this just this morning at, at our team meeting about that one of the unintended consequences of going into a level four and lockdown, and of course there are many, many unintended consequences, that all of the banks are working from home. 
a lot of the banks are then using this as an excuse to work a lot more slowly. I believe one of the banks we were having a discussion about this morning, I can't remember the exact name of the bank, so I won't name it in case I get it round the wrong way, but it's currently sitting at 12 days. So you submit your application 12 working days before they'll look at it. Now, why is that an issue? Because due diligence is only 10 days most of the time. So if you sign a contract and then put your mortgage application in the same day, then the due diligence clause is going to expire. That contract, your right to buy that property, is going to expire before you can even hear back from the bank, let alone if you forgot to send them something or they've got questions about that. And so it is important to have a longer due diligence period and be requesting that from the start because you don't want the developer to get frustrated on the other end or the vendor to get frustrated on the other end when you then have to go and ask them for an extension because you haven't got finance in place, which would be totally normal. So think Think about extending that or perhaps putting a date in that's a couple of days after the level three restrictions coming in and wherever that property is located. I think that'd be something important. But talk to us about due diligence specifically in more detail, Andrew. What can and can't you do during the level four lockdowns? Well, you can't do most of due diligence. So you can't do anything that requires a person to go to the property. So if you've got a valuer, if you've got a building inspection, anything like that, engineer's report, it's very difficult. You can't get someone around to that house because, again, it's not essential. It's not deemed essential. And so, therefore, those people have to remain in their homes as well. So any of that stuff is going to be quite a challenge. Now, Lynn's land information and lawyers and people working at the council, they're still working, but they're all going to be working at home. And so, of course, course there's going to be delays things aren't as efficient when your lawyer's working at home they're probably working with a, a slower scanner than they're used to a slower printer and without their staff around so just bear in mind that again whilst you can do anything that doesn't require a human being to actually go anywhere you can do some of it but it is going to be delayed other thing to note as well Andrew that holds up lawyers and office workers working at home. Of course, I talked about how much I love it because I get so much done during lockdowns because people leave me alone at home, whereas at work, obviously, you've got lots of people talking to you. It's the opposite for lots of other people because they've got little kids or, you know, little people coming up to them, disturbing them all the time. And that's certainly <laughs> something I really feel for all the parents out there who, you know, are trying to teach their children, make sure they're doing what they're needing to do and do their full-time job as well. So you really feel for those people. And the last thing I just want to talk about is, well, what if I'm not buying or selling? What if I've already got some properties and I'm renting them out? What happens with my tenants? Now, this is where it gets really interesting. If you've recently settled on a property and it's currently empty, you are not allowed to have people move into that right now because moving house is not deemed as essential. So if your property is currently empty and you don't have somebody paying you rent, it's going to stay that way until we move to level three. Unfortunately, you're not legally allowed to have your tenants move in there. The other thing that's important to note, though, as well, is that technically your tenants can't move out legally. They're not allowed to move, which may mean that let's say they've already given you notice that they're saying we're going to vacate this property. You may need to extend that and talk to them about extending that because legally they are not allowed to move out right now. And that's even the case. If I remember in a previous lockdown, I was living in, in one place. We've previously talked about that I'm a renter landlord. So, so my primary residence is rented. I was living with my partner at the time. 
And I mean, still am, just so everybody knows, but living with a partner, <laughs> renting somewhere else, I wanted to move out of that place, but I couldn't give them notice because I couldn't legally go get my stuff out of there. And so you may see a lot of instances where your tenants may have intended to give notice, but they're not able to. So, it, um, so you may need to have some conversations with your tenants around extending those um, provisions if they've already given you notice that they plan to vacate as well. But let me ask you this, Andrew, what are you seeing with the investors you're working with? What are some of the things that you're actually doing for the transactions you're involved with? So the investors that we're working with, lockdown 1.0 was actually one of the best things to happen for our company in terms of us learning how to do things remotely and actually probably true for a lot of people out there. So whilst I'd never used this fancy thing called Zoom before, now I use it all day, every day. And so it means that we can still actually have planning sessions with people. So if someone is a new investor who wants to figure out, you know, whether or not they're in a position to invest and do what we call a portfolio planning session, you know, what do you need and in terms of a property? How many properties do you need to get to where you want to get to? Where should you buy? All those kind of things. We can still do that. If people want to then take it to the next stage and say, okay, well, I want to actually look at property options, we do all that virtually as well. So we can go through property packs, discuss the numbers. You can hold a property formally, so you can actually put a due diligence contract to put that property on hold. That will mean that you've got some clauses there that you're going to work through, such as the finance. Obviously, if you're buying off plans, there's not really much of a need for site visits. So that probably doesn't actually stop someone even going unconditional and buying a property. If people want to still do the site visit, then obviously that's going to require us to be at a level two for that to occur. But again, you know, that, that's something that's probably not the end of the world when you're buying off plans. You know, you can get a pretty good gauge of what you're going to get by just reading the plans. So most of our service is still carrying on. We're still going to be producing the webinars. We're still going to be producing the podcast. And you might hear us talk over each other a little bit more on that. That's because there's a delay when we're recording these. So last time, I didn't have the equipment to do the, the actual podcast, uh, the music. I've been trusted with that this time. And the great part is, it's the one that sounds like he's not paying attention this time rather than me. And I think the other thing that's important to note is we're also going for much longer due diligence periods. And so we're asking that the vendors, the developers, to allow or take into account the fact that banks are a lot slower. And so therefore, people need more time. They need more time to settle. They also need more time to go through that due diligence period. But those are the main things. Other than that, not too much changes. And actually, I know at the webinar we recently did, people were asking, are you guys still going to be seeing people during lockdown? Absolutely. Usually I know that actually works better for some people sitting at home because, you know, you and your partner can potentially be in the same room. For some other people, it's not going to work as well because you might not want to be talking about your finances while your kids are screaming around or playing with their Legos on the floor or whatever whatever happens. I don't really know what it's like to have kids, so please excuse me while I, I bungle what, you know, um, trying to talk <laughs> about it. But nonetheless, hey, look, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We've got Ilsa Wolf coming back on the show. We're going to be talking about her biggest renovation fails in her property investment journey. It's going to be a banger of an episode, so make sure you tune in. And remember, we are currently hiring. We are looking for financial advisors, for property partners to come join the team and help us to give really good financial and property advice to Kiwis around the country. So if you'd like to apply for a job with us, then send me a text 5522 is our number. Let me know whereabouts of the country you're based and I will give you the email address to send your CV through to.
Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 